as we come to chapter 4, which is where we're going to be, we've been, we've been seeing God's people building the walls of Jerusalem in obedience to a call of God. And we've heard Keith talk about that and Mark talk about that. But today, I'm going to read you the passage in a minute. It's chapter 4. Um, today we're going to see something very familiar to all our lives. If you're alive today in this place, if you've got a pulse, <laughs> you will have experienced... Just, just, just see if the person next to you is alive and just check. Okay. Yeah? Are we all alive? If you're alive and you've got a pulse, you've experienced some of the things that we're going to look at and some of the things that the people of Israel were experiencing um, as they were building the wall. So it's Nehemiah chapter 4. You've got your Bibles. Feel free to, uh, to look it up and, and follow along. Just give you a minute to, to find that or open up your app or whatever you're doing. So Nehemiah chapter 4. It goes like this. Now when Sambalat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. And he said in the presence of his brothers and of the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore it for themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they finish in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of rubbish? And burn ones at that. Tobiah the Amorite was beside him and he said, Yes, what they are building, if a fox goes on it, he will break down the stone wall. Hear, O God, for we are despised. Turn back their taunt on their own heads and give them up to be plundered in a land where they are captives. Do not cover their guilt and let not their sin be blotted out from your sight. For they have provoked you to anger in the presence of the builders. So we built the wall. And all the wall was joined together to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. But when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Amorites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward. And that the breaches were beginning to be closed. They were very angry, and they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. In Judah it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And our enemies said, they will not know or see till we come among them and kill them and stop the work. At that time, the Jews who lived near them came from all directions and said to us ten times, you must return to us. So in the lowest parts of the space between the walls, in open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives and your homes. And when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall. 
each to his work. From that day on, half my servants worked on construction, and half held the spears and shields and bowls and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah, who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each laboured on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped to his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. And we are separated on the wall, far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally us there. Our God will fight for us. So we laboured at the work. And half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. And I also said to the people at that time that every man and his servant passed the night within Jerusalem. That they may be a guard for us by night and may labour by day. So neither I, nor my brothers, nor my servants, nor the man of the guard, men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes, each kept his weapon at his right hand. So what we're seeing as we come into the chapter and we carry on watching God's people building the, this, this wall, the grand design of God's plan the wall of Jerusalem in obedience to his will and his purpose and his call on Nehemiah and on the people, what we begin to see is that they come up against opposition and oppression because of their desire to obey God and to walk in obedience to his command and his will. And that's why I said at the start, this is something that everyone in this room has experienced and I think many are experiencing actually in our lives day to day as we, we build and we, we work for God, we face oppression, we face opposition. But even more so as we build church, as we build God's kingdom, the enemies come against us and attack us and want to defeat us. And Keith quoted last week, quite rightly, uh, Steve Kerry, who used to be in this church, he said, when we punch the darkness, the darkness punches back. And as God's people built the wall, they began to see their enemies come against them. There were some Sambalats, there was Tobiah, there were other people who came against them in their building. In fact, there were even people who were Jews. There's that bit there where it says that the Jews said, come back to us. Come back to us, come back to safety. So there were even Jews, their own people, saying to them, come back. Don't do this. You don't need to discourage them. You don't need to do this. And this was real for those people in Israel. It's real for us. I know in my life I've come against loads of different opposition as I've, as I've gone in obedience to God, as I've preached, as I've led things, as I've stepped out in faith. I've come to opposition in my life and I know you will have done too and just so we know as well that it's not just Satan it's not just a spiritual opposition Satan's real and a spiritual attack against us but these were real people giving real 
assault and insult and attack against the people as they built. And that will be and is our experience as we build for God. As we build here in Freedom Church, as we build here in Chester. And a lot of people believe that in this church that God's taking us to a new thing as we go to mornings, as we build people into places that they need to be. In fact, I, I'm not going to share this at the start, actually. And it, this is the right time, actually. I had a, a picture, and I don't get pictures very often, um, and I shared this in the fair meeting, of a jigsaw with the edge pieces all filled in. But in the middle, the pieces weren't quite filled in yet. And it's like God's going to fill in the pieces, and it was for this church... And I believe that's where we're going as a church and that's where we are. We're in an important place. And as we work for God and build here, Satan and people who don't like what we're doing will oppose us. Some of you are feeling that already. So what sort of things were they saying? In a minute we're going to look at the positive. I want to look at the negative because they were still, they were still building and we'll come on to this in a bit, but but what were they actually saying? So these enemies came along, and the first thing they said is, you're feeble. They said, you're feeble. Have you ever been picked last for the football team? That's been my experience. That's because I can't play football, but that's been my experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I was always good at rugby, but I wasn't picked for that either. Um, by the way, Wales did well. <laughs> anyway, back to the, back to the preaching. But... Um, they called them feeble. They were like, as if to say, you're the last one's picked for the football team. You're the weak one. You're the one that's not any good at this. You're feeble building this wall, Israel, Nehemiah, Jews. You can't do this. You're feeble. You're weak. Belittling who they are. That they weren't strong enough. How many of you are experiencing that, have experienced that, are at the moment experiencing that? You're weak. You're feeble. You're no good. You can't build this wall. You can't do this ministry. You can't do this work. You can't preach. You can't lead worship. You can't um, lead a community group, whatever. You, you can't do this. Or even in your jobs or whatever. You're feeble. You're weak. They also criticized the work. They criticized the work. They said, this wall, even if a fox stands on this wall, it will fall down. It's not a very good wall. Now, Wilson Israelites probably weren't builders. Um, maybe it didn't look very good at that time, but God had called them to do the work. But they criticised them and criticised the work they did. Maybe you experience criticism in the work you're doing here in the church. I want to mainly concentrate on what we're building here, but in your lives too. And then they also criticised the workmanship and he criticised the people and he criticised sort of just the general job you're not using the right tools you're not doing the job right you've not got the right number of people you're all weak, you're all feeble oh, they were really hammer, 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 hammer hit you, hit you, hit you you're not doing this right and they were causing them confusion 
And this discourages the builders. In Judah, it was said, the strength of those who bear the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble. By ourselves, we will not be able to rebuild the wall. And so these people that heard God tell them, build the wall, are now saying, we can't build the wall. We're weak, we're feeble. We're doing a rubbish job. Those nagging words that they were experiencing, that maybe we are experiencing, that we will experience. If you haven't noticed it already, if you're regularly in freedom particularly, you will do. And if you're just visiting, or even just in your own lives, you, we all experience that nagging, belittling attack on our lives. The building is hard, and the enemies are criticizing and yet they are called to build they are called to build it says that this verse really grabbed me that all the wall was joined together to half its height for the people had a mind to work the people had a mind to work I get up in the morning some days and I don't have a mind to work I mean, that's just the people I work with if I actually have a mind to work when I get there. But (laughs) But I certainly don't have a mind to work. But they had a mind to work even though there was attack against them, there was criticism, there was negativity. They had a mind to work, but they were discouraged. Building's hard. We build, we get attacked, we get discouraged. We still have to build, but we don't want to build because we're being attacked. Building is hard, and as we build, it is hard. As we build in freedom, it is hard. As we build church here, it is hard. As we build God's kingdom, it's hard. But they didn't give up. They felt like giving up, but they didn't give up. And a lot of that's down to Nehemiah. So I've looked at the negativity, but, but let's just look at Nehemiah. A lot of it was down to Nehemiah himself. As a leader, and, and, and how, he, how he encouraged the people in their building. Now, there's three things he did, which we'll look at in a minute, but, but first of all, the general thing he told them to do was carry a sword in one hand and their building material in the other. It's Charles Spurgeon's magazine, I have to mention Charles Spurgeon, always going to mention Charles Spurgeon. Ben, Charles Spurgeon, okay. <laughs> If you don't know who Charles Spurgeon is, he was an amazing preacher many years ago. Phil Charles Spurgeon, it's good. <laughs> it's not about Spurgeon, anyway, it's about Jesus. Um, but he wrote a magazine called The Sword and the Trowel, and it's based on this passage. It, it's, it's all about, in the one hand, he published this magazine from his church to encourage, to encourage people and had lots of Bible teaching and all this. But it, that's where it came from, the sword and the trowel. The sword to build and the trowel to fight. And actually, that was... <laughs> You're listening. <laughs> You're alive. I did that on purpose. The child to dig and the sword to fight. I just check in. You're listening. You're all listening. Good. I like it. And that's actually probably the story of Spurgeon's life. He, he lived, he lived with, with sickness and he lived with lots of criticism in his ministry, he led a massive church in London, in Victorian England, 
and he had criticism and negativity thrown against him, but he wrote and published this magazine to uh, encourage people. And the sword to fight and the trial to dig, as we build, we fight. And as we fight, we build. And that's what it's got to be. As we build, the enemies come against us and say, you're not doing this right. Or you're rubbish, or you're feeble. But then, as we fight, we go on. And God fights for us. Let's go back to Nehemiah anyway. That's what he mainly encouraged them to do. But there's also some things he kind of, he kind of put in place. He said and spoke. When they felt this discouragement in the building, they wanted to give up building in the face of opposition. But there's some things Nehemiah does. The first thing he does is he organizes the people across the walls into groups so they can build a fight together. He calls it clans and families. And we all have families. But we also have an extended family in the church. And as I was reading this, it just jumped into my head. We have something like this in freedom. As we build and fight together, we have... Community groups. <laughs> See? <laughs> but honestly, like, it, it just... Uh, it, Nehemiah organized the people across the city into small groups of clans and families to fight. Yeah? Yeah. So... That's what we've been doing too. And I want to encourage people that if you don't know how to fight the battle or you don't know how to build, start by building community. Start by joining community groups. Amen. We've had in our... Ugh, there you go. Pete and Catherine lead the community groups. Talk to them. They'll, they'll help you. <laughs> but I do. I, 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 I've got a real kind of... A real thing for this. God caught me on this a, a while ago. This thing for just building communities of people, real communities of people that are built around about his presence and his headship and his, his, his love and his, his power. If you cut me, I will bleed community groups. And, but but not, just, not just Bible studies and in small groups together, but real life together. And that's what we want to build. In our group, and Pete and Catherine will, will tell you this too, we've had, we've had all sorts of people come with all sorts of things in our own lives here, um, job issues, Deaths in the family, sickness. And we've been able to fight together, haven't we? We prayed for each other, we fought for each other, and we've built community. The first place you can learn to fight is in that place together, in that community together. We've learned to fight, fight for each other, um, which is the most important thing, is to fight for each other. Fight for, it says, Nehemiah says, fight for your children, for your, for your, for your wives, for your for your fathers, for your mothers. We've been fighting for each other. Maybe you don't know where you need to build in the church, so start by building community. Start by joining community groups and building community together. It's not a new thing. Nehemiah did it. It's, it's old. Jesus did it too with his disciples. He took his disciples away and he, he, he didn't disciple them using lectures and he did teach them like that too, but he, he had them with him. He had them with him. And he built them together. 
So you want to learn how to build, you want to learn how to fight. That's the best place to start. Fight together. Fight for each other. Get in community with each other and fight together. And build together. Build the community group. Even if you don't know what your job is in the church, job. You don't know whether you're called to lead worship or, or do PA or teach or whatever. That's just a few of the jobs. There's loads of stuff you could do. But the way to start, build your community. Build community groups. Get together. You don't have to lead them. Be in them. Build your community groups together. Fight for each other. He also gave them a fresh purpose. So he built them together in these little groups. But he also gave them a fresh purpose by encouraging people to the roles that God had given them. And to the burdens to carry that God had given them. So they laboured in the work. Half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. Some people held the spears. And some people did other things. It says... Well, I've lost it now. Never mind. Oh, those who, it talks about those who carried the burdens. Those who carried the burdens in such a way that each laboured on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had a sword strapped to him while he built so some carried spears and some carried swords and some had particular burdens that God had given them. You don't give the big burden to you don't give the biggest burden to the smallest child. So everyone had a burden that God had given them to build. And Nehemiah encouraged the people in the burden, in the gift, in the core God had given them. And you've all got a gift. You've all got a gift. And a gift is given to you by God. If I give you a gift, you give them Phil and Rachel gifts. So, uh, an Abbey gifts. Mugs. And if he gives you a gift, it's yours. We've given it to you. God's given you gifts. So, he's given you gifts to use. All right? He's <laughs> <laughs> given you gifts to use um, for, the, for the building of the kingdom. Uh, and the building of the church. And every single one of you has got gifts. And some of you have got what seem like big gifts, and some of you have got what seem like small gifts. There isn't really big or small gifts. There's just the gifts you've been given. But use the gifts you've been given. You've all got a role to play. And that's what Nehemiah says, when he, and that's what he does when he puts the people in the different places. There's an interesting uh, bit where it talks about the people at night as well. And I know some of you are night prayers that's just out there for some of you there were some that that came out at night to watch somebody talked about watchmen before didn't they someone put a word about that i can't remember who it was i'm sorry but but um yeah so but there are there are people who are watchmen watch women as well who pray in the dark in the night when no one knows they're there for this building this building work not this building but God has called each of us to a purpose, to a plan, with a gift. So use the gifts. Nehemiah points them to the, and puts them in the place where they can use the gifts they've got. If you don't know what that is, see what God's put on your heart first. I always say that God won't call you to something if he hasn't put that thing on your heart, generally speaking. If he's given you a passion for something, it's probably what he's called you to do. There might be 
some truth in that. I don't know, maybe there's some heresy there. I don't know, Phil, I hope not. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, but you've used the gift you've been given. And then, I think maybe most importantly, don't disregard the rest of it, but maybe most importantly, Nehemiah points them back to God. He puts them in community together. He encourages them with the gifts they've got, but he points them back to God. He says two things. One is uh, that the Lord your God fights for you. The Lord your God fights for you. And he also tells them to remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Because we build and we fight and we use our gifts and we get in community, but he points their eyes back to God. God called them to build the wall and he points them back to him who called them to do this. Remember the Lord. We can look at the work and we can look at the, the gifts and we can look at the community, but the focus was God. The focus is Jesus. Jesus hadn't come at that point, but Nehemiah probably would have said that to us if he was here. Remember Jesus Fix your eyes on Jesus. You know the song? It's been in my head all week. I don't know if I should sing it because I'm not a really good singer. But turn your eyes up on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes on Jesus. In the battle and the, the fight, turn your eyes on Jesus. In your building, turn your eyes on Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Father and the Spirit too, but it's about God. It's about Him. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And the battle ultimately is His anyway. He's called us to build here, as He called them to build in Jerusalem. He's called us to fight here, so we fix our eyes on Him. Worship in prayer in community. We fix our eyes on him. And then what happens? Our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had frustrated their plan. We all returned to the wall, each to his work. <laughs> it's not actually at the end of the passage, but it's a good place to, to bring it in. God frustrated. The enemies heard that their plans had been frustrated, that God had frustrated their plans. God will frustrate the plans of those who come against us. Nothing that we face in church, nothing that we face building here, nothing that we face in our lives is permanent, ultimately. Some things seem permanent. Maybe some things aren't permanent because we're going to go to heaven when we uh, die and go to be with Jesus. But I think even in this life, nothing that we face is permanent. The trial will last some time, but God has the victory and if that is until you die and go to be with him in heaven that's still not permanent so that's okay nothing is permanent it's difficult in the battle it's difficult in the fight but nothing that we face is bigger than him and nothing is will last for eternity except him and our relationship with him and our life with him so I want to encourage us to fix our eyes on him to keep building can we, uh, can we pray a minute and then can, can you come up and, and play please, Bex? And we're just going to sing. 
um, and, and the rest of the band if you're around. can't see you. Uh, could, we, could we please pray together? Could we please stand? I just want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who are fighting and struggling in the fight and for those who are finding their place that they need to build in. I just want to pray for for us all. So Lord, I want to thank you. I pray for your people in this place today. Some are building, or finding building difficult. Some are fighting. Some of us are involved in, in, most of us, all of us in some way, are involved in both of those things. May you give us grace. Help us to fix our eyes on Jesus. It's easy when we, when we, um, we sing worship, or it's easier when we sing worship or, or whatever, to fix our eyes on you. But when we're out and about, or when we're just engaged in the work, it's more difficult. So I pray for every person that you will help them to fix their eyes on you. Help them to look full in your wonderful face. And may the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. We pray, I pray that over every person in this room. Eyes fixed on you, a new revelation, a new perspective of you.